Let's pray. Father, as we continue to consider this season of Advent, I pray that we would be inspired, that we would gain a deeper understanding of what we're doing during this season and even how that connects to other parts of our lives and other times in our lives. Lord, last week as we talked about you wanting to be with us, let that be what this season is for us. Let us draw closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. What we're going to talk about today is a rhythm of life. In the Christmas season of all holidays illustrates this maybe more than any other. Because so much of what we do and the length of time with which we do it is greater. Whether you're a kid or an adult, we often start looking forward to this season well before the season. Not quite as far before as stores do, um, because usually we at least go through Halloween before we start putting up our Christmas tree. But, But we look forward to it. Um, We think about it. We even start to organize certain parts of our life around it. It's this really important rhythm of our overall lives. Um, In some ways, I think of it, so I don't really watch race car driving. Um, I don't know, the idea of cars going in a circle or an oval is kind of hard for me. And for those of you that love it, I'm I'm sorry. Um, But if you're sitting there, and, and here's the finish line, you watch the cars, and they keep coming back to that same point. That is kind of a yearly cycle, and that's Christmas. It just keeps coming back to it. But when you think about rhythms, that's what I want to talk about today when we think about the season of Advent, rhythms. Before I do that, a little bit of a review. Here's what we talked about last week. Advent means coming or arrival. That's its primary thing. Um, It refers to the first and second coming of Christ. So when he came and what we celebrate at Christmas as a baby, but also his return is yet to come, both of them. And at the heart of Advent is the heart of God, to be with his people, a thread that begins the Bible and ends the Bible. It's how Genesis starts and how its revelation ends. God wanting to be with his people. And what I tried to emphasize last week is he wants to be with you. It's personal, not just corporate. Right? So that was kind of our last, last week. That was Advent on that part. Now what I want to cover is this. The season of Advent acts as part of an overall rhythm of spiritual life centered on the person of Christ. So think the racetrack, think Christmas, Rhythms. All right, think of it this way. There's so many rhythms in our lives. Probably the biggest one is just our calendar. Think about how the calendar helps organize your life. And often by holidays and by seasons. And you think about the ways that, like, when you're in winter, and what are you thinking about partway through winter? Spring. You're ready for the, the, the snow to melt. You're ready to move on. Or it might be Valentine's Day. Or, depending on your background, you might start thinking about St. Patrick's Day. But we have these rhythms, 
and they help guide what we do and our planning and our decorating, the parties that we go to, the way we dress. If you have kids, what's the main rhythm of your life? The academic school calendar. Because you're thinking about when kids are in school and not in school. When they have a break, how long is that break? And they're just trying to figure out, what am I doing during that break? But those rhythms, and it's just every year. It's the same thing, and they help run what we do. Those rhythms are also part of the church calendar. There's a separate church calendar. I'll show you the basics of it. Advent is where we start. Then there's Christmas. Then there's Epiphany. Then there's Lent. Then there's Easter, Pentecost, and the season after Pentecost. This is the church calendar meant to be a spiritual rhythm of how we live out faith. I want to give you a reason why it is important, and then I want to break it down and talk about each of the components. We don't see, or I haven't seen, a whole lot of tumbleweeds around here. You saw a decent number of them in Texas. When we were there, you saw tumbleweeds. Um, What's interesting about tumbleweeds that I learned this week is that they came from Ukraine and started in South Dakota, um, probably, in the 1800s. We didn't even have them. Um, And what happens with them is they are a plant that grows up and eventually gets to a point where its root is so weak that the wind can blow it off, and then the wind can carry it, and it seems to have been designed to spread seeds. So as the wind just takes it everywhere, it is spreading seeds everywhere. Now, tumbleweeds can get enormously large. Um, I saw a picture of a tumbleweed that was the size of a car. Um, It was actually rolling down one of the roads in California, and somebody's videoing it as they're driving by it. Do you imagine a tumbleweed the size of a car? Um, I also read about some of the the greatest tumbleweed attacks. Um, In 2020, there was a swarm of tumbleweeds. It took over a stretch of the Washington Highway piled 30 feet high. Cars were trapped for hours because they couldn't get around the tumbleweeds. They called it tumbleageddon. A couple of years later, there were about 100 homes in Victorville, California, they got swallowed up by thousands of tumbleweeds. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they, they overwhelm, they take over, they spread these seeds trying to get everything all over the place. This is what our world is doing with so many different philosophies, ways of living, ways of seeing life, values. It's like tumbleweeds just being blown all over the place, dropping seeds everywhere. And we will be impacted by those seeds, but less so if we are making a conscious choice of how we are going to live and function and think and value. This rhythm is meant to be that intentional way of living life, of of, of centering ourselves on the life of Christ. So what you'll notice about these is every one of them 
This is the birth of Christ. Christmas is as he's born. Epiphany is as he is revealed. Lent is as he makes his way to the cross. Easter is as he dies and is resurrected. Pentecost is as the Holy Spirit comes down. Everything is centered on him. The point of the church calendar. And none of this, Advent is never mentioned in Scripture. Lent is never mentioned in Scripture. Epiphany, because it's revelation, actually the word is, but the season is not. None of that is mentioned in Scripture. Ash Wednesday, Holy Week, none of those terms. But all of them go back to the life of Christ. Here's the point of the church calendar. Center each part of your year on the life of Christ. Who he is, what he did, what he brought, what he taught. And and there's a rhythm to it so that you're not stuck, much like imagine, and just go with me for a moment. Imagine Christmas 12 months out of the year. Anyone good with that? Anyone want Christmas 12 months out of the year, every year? I love the Christmas tree. But I don't know about you, but there's some point where I go, it needs to come down. (laughs) Like I'm tired of this fake tree being in my house. Um, Now, when I get back to Christmas, I'm so excited to get that tree out again and decorate it, and I want it in the living room. This is designed in such a way as it follows his life that you focus on different parts of his life. So it's not the same thing all the time, but it keeps coming back around. Why, and this is going to be participatory here, why do we have anniversaries? Give me a thought, anybody. Why do we have anniversaries? To remember, right? What else? To celebrate. What else? To give thanks. Um, To renew our commitment to something, yes. Um, Are they important? Yeah. For all the reasons that were just brought up. Because what would happen if we didn't have them? Because what happens throughout the year? All kinds of life is happening, right? And it is so good once a year to come back and go, Oh, I am so glad for whatever it is, my spouse, that event that we celebrate every year that was so important because we remember and we give thanks and we renew. I can tell you what, this never happens. I don't ever get to that once a year anniversary and go, oh, I got to do this again. My wife's going, that's good. Because we need it. We need to keep coming back to those things. We have the opportunity in the church calendar to start with this coming, to remember what that was like, the longing, then to move on to his birth, then to his revelation, then to that week as he moved toward the cross, then to the resurrection and life in resurrection, then to the Holy Spirit coming and an entire season of what does it mean to live out being filled with the Spirit. But then let's do it again. That's the rhythm. That's Advent as a part of that rhythm. Does that make sense? Um, What I hope in this 
is to show you there's an intentionality behind it that we're not just throwing seasons at you and they're not just rituals. Um, it's not just like, oh, it's the new tradition. We're going to move to it. So like next week, this will be purple. And I'll talk about colors in a moment um, instead of green. Um, it's green because we're in the season after Pentecost, which is our normal season, and green is the normal color for that. Um, but it'll be purple next week. Um, those are not just like, well, we've got to change things up. We're bored. Tired of green. Let's go to purple. We'll do that for a few weeks. And I really want to do that. They have meaning behind it. But we have to be intentional about living into that meaning. All right? Let me show you what that intentionality might look like. Thought for a moment that was a child. Um, I just heard the beginning of the siren. I thought, somebody's screaming. Is it my kid? Um, <laughs> now it's from over here. <laughs> They're everywhere, I'm surrounded. I talked about our tree. I want to talk for a moment about what we do from fall through Christmas. And the reason I want to talk about it is because there's a mindset in our family. As we start approaching November 1, November 1 for us is a holiday called Fall-A-Day um, that we created because we just like celebrating stuff. And so we created, and I think, I think my wife's probably responsible for Fall-A-Day. Kira's going, yes, um, for the idea. Fall-A-Day. And, and what Fall-A-Day is, is we pull our tree out, but we decorate it in fall colors. It's in oranges and browns, and it's got leaves on it and, and silver and stuff. And, and we have other decorations that are pumpkins and things that kind of come out of Halloween. And, but it's this holiday celebration. And as we do it, we listen to... What do we listen to? Is that when we do Halloween songs? No? No. All right. Anyway, I'm off a little bit. Um, but... But we look forward to that. We start talking about it and thinking about it. And we make space in the house for it. And then it's there and we start our next thing, which is gnomes on the roam. You know Elf on the Shelf? We have gnomes on the roam, um, which is similar to Elf on the Shelf, except we have these gnomes. And every day we just move them different places. Um, and it's not complicated because they're just on the roam. And so we like, now they're over here, and now they're there. They were in Kira's car at one point, and they're up the stairs, you know, waiting for the kids to come out of their room. And uh, gnomes on the roam. And, and we do that until we get to Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is when we celebrate our tree decorating and our first listen to Christmas songs. But it's not until that day. And before that day, we're thinking about it. We're going to get to listen to Christmas songs again. This goes for us throughout these seasons. But we're intentionally living into the seasons and making space for them and making our lives look like those seasons. What would you do if you did that for Advent? It starts in a week. How do you organize your life? How does the space that you live in let you live into Advent in each of these seasons? That's what this is. Does that make sense? All right. Now, how do we do it in church? All right, I want to get to some of the specifics. Um, some of the ways that our service changes, uh, what the colors mean, and how things are different. In order to do that, 
I want to give you an overview of the actual service because that changes in the season of Advent. Why? To reflect that season. If you look at our service, this is the core organization of an Anglican worship service. There is the gathering, the word, the sacrament, and the sending. Right? The gathering and the sending are like bookends. They're not a significant portion of the actual service. The gathering is normally a, a hymn, a procession, or something where you're calling the people of God into worship. The sending, after you've gone through everything, is when you go, now, go into the world. Right? Bring what you've learned. Bring what God is doing in your life into the world that you're in. Because our Sunday morning is not what it means to be a Christian. Our Sunday morning is a training time, an encouragement time, a building up so that we go out into the world. That's what it's for. The core of the service is word and sacrament. Two pieces to our service. Underneath those pieces, I will break it down for you, um, and I think this is important for you to understand. In an Anglican context, those two have been held as equal parts of our service. The Word is where you are trained, where you hear the Scriptures. I'll talk to them a minute. And the sacrament is where you meet with the Lord and are strengthened by receiving from Him. Here's the breakdown of the Word. Um, And again, before you look at that, look at me for a second. I'll, I'll explain all of this. Much like the seasons are not random, All the stuff we do in the service is not random either. There is an order to it. An Anglican service essentially is is a narrative. It's like telling a story as it weaves its way. It's why, so all of you who have gone to, and I was part of this, a non denominational church or a Baptist church or something like that, the organization was probably something like this you came in, you sang like five, six, seven songs. There were some announcements, you heard a sermon, and then there might be an ending song or there might not, and then you you leave. Then you come into this, and you're like, oh my gosh, they do so many many things. They're like doing this and this and this and this and all stuff. Um, There's a rhythm to all of it. Um, And it starts actually in Judaism. It's based on what was happening in the Jewish faith that then builds into Christianity based on Christ. All right, so here's the rhythm. The first thing you get is a proclamation. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because that's where everything should start. And if we have that, that processional, what do you see coming out in the center of the aisle, lifted up above everything else? The cross, because that's where our focus should be. So the cross comes out. All eyes can see the cross. It comes to the front. And then we proclaim, blessed be God. Now, that proclamation changes in different seasons. But it's always a focus up toward God. The collect, um, often the collect of purity we're doing right now from Africa, it's a thing that I say, and now let's say this together. It's an initial prayer. And it is usually something about cleanse our hearts, get us right, 
Um, let us be in the right frame of mind to really worship you. Because we've proclaimed you, now we want to worship. Praise, and in Anglican circles, what we do up here with instruments and things and what you guys are participating in is usually not called worship. Because the entire service is worship. This is the praise component of the overall worship service. It's our way of singing out who God is, how wonderful he is, all the things he's done for us, how we love him, all those things. So we praise, which then, if you've proclaimed and you ask for purity and you've worshiped the Lord, you're now in a place to what? Hear from the word. The heart is right. Now share your word with us. Followed by the sermon. Let me now tell you what the word means. That's what the sermon is. Let me help you understand the word better and how it applies to your life. Now that we've gotten that, we're going to do some corporate things together. First, we're going to state what the church has believed and we continue to hold on to. We're connected over time and space. That's our creed, statement of belief. Then we're going to come together and we're going to lift up our petitions to the Lord. God, hear us, the one we've been worshiping, the one we've learned from, the one we rely on. Followed by, Lord, we know there are things in our lives that aren't right, and we really want them to be right. And so we confess. Then we get peace, and that is when you get absolution, it's peace between you and God. And then what do we do? Now offer peace to each other. Now there's peace vertically and horizontally, which prepares us for the next part of the service. That's our setup. Now, something you're going to see different during Advent. The confession will be at the beginning of the service. And the reason we do that is because there are two penitential seasons within our church calendar. I know you all know one of them. It's what? Lent. What you may not know is Advent is another one. Advent is a penitential season because the people were called to repentance in order to receive Christ. Penitence and kingship. So purple, which is what you'll see, has both those meanings to it. Repentance and kingship, representing Christ. Um, and then as you, that will be moved, and then you'll also notice, I think, the readings, the prayers, they're all going to have words that are part of Advent. The entire prayers of the people will be different. They'll have a portion that talks about, come Lord Jesus. Why? Because it's about the coming of Christ. So the entire service is going to look different because it's Advent. All right, second part. Here's the sacrament. We start with the offering, which is both monetary, but also we've started bringing the elements forward, which I I noticed, you should have noticed them walking forward and setting them down. Um, We do that. The preface is where I ask you all to stand and say, the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. That's part of the preface. The preface, that portion, there's a, a little segment called the proper preface, and it's the part that changes each season. So again, you will see words that reflect Advent. Following the proper preface, we have the Sanctus. Um, Most of the time we sing that. It is the holy, holy, holy. Uh, We'll sing it this morning. And some of you may have noticed there's a part in there where it says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
if you are watching me during that part, I'm doing this. And the reason I'm doing it is one of the traditional places to make the sign of the cross is when you have those words, blessed Lord, those points. Following that, we have the resuscitation, which is we're going to recite some part of salvation history. I encourage you at some point to look at the words of the Eucharistic prayer. Um, I once asked when I came into an Anglican church, uh, if you are not, if you have a background that's not Anglican, especially if it's non-denominational, you probably know what an altar call is. How many of you know what an altar call is? Raise your hand. Okay, so half, three-fourths, an altar call. That is where, toward the end of the service, usually, you then give a gospel message and you ask people to either raise their hands to come to Christ or come forward or something. Um, I remember asking the rector of the first Anglican church I was at, do you ever do an altar call? And he brought me to the prayer, the Eucharistic prayer. And he said, every single Sunday. Because if you read the Eucharistic prayer, it has the gospel in it. Every one of them. It doesn't matter if we do A, B, traditional, contemporary, African, Australian. It always has the gospel in it. So you get that portion of it. Then the words of institution are when I hold up the cup and I give the words that Jesus said. This is my body, which is given for you. Um, Those are right out of Scripture. We're repeating what he said when he instituted communion. The mystery of faith, we use those words most of the time. We now proclaim the mystery of faith. And we all say together, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Um, The epiclesis is where we call down the Holy Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit to bless these gifts. And I want to say something really important right now. We are asking him to make the bread and wine more than just bread and wine. However, in an Anglican theology, we are never asking him to make them the literal body and blood of Christ. That is a Catholic theology called transubstantiation. My point is not to judge them, but it is to differentiate. It is not an Anglican theology to say that is actually his blood and that is actually his body. However, in a spiritual sense, in the mystery that we proclaim, something real is happening there. They're more than just a cracker and some wine. We are meeting with the Lord. We're asking the Spirit to mysteriously work and meet with us in that moment. The doxology is how we end. Um, you'll see me usually lift my hands up and um, by him, with him, and all this. And then we have a closing prayer. Again, you'll see things change when we go to Advent. What you're used to hearing will be a little different, and I want to encourage you to listen to the differences because they reflect Advent. All right. Lastly, this is a huge part um, of Advent um, because it helps define the connection. Yes, these are fake candles, um, and I, I couldn't find a good picture of real ones, Um, And these actually labeled things, and so it's a really nice way to show you this. Advent is broken up into four Sundays. The Sundays rotate because they're simply the four Sundays before Christmas. So they they can start as early as November 27th, which then means you have four full weeks of Christmas. I mean, of, of Advent. Or as late as December 3rd, like this year, where we really only have three full weeks and a day 
of Advent, um, just because of where it falls. So four weeks, each week has a different theme, and the candles represent that. So when you see, next week when you come in, sitting up here, you're going to see candles. They're going to look like this. There will be three purple candles, one pink candle, and a white candle. The um, purple ones are that color I mentioned of kingship and repentance. The pink one is joy. The white one is Christ. And you can see them, you know, labeled up there to to help you see that. Um, During our service, different families are going to come forward, one each week. They're going to read something about the candle, and then the candle for that week will be lit. So love, hope, joy, peace. That's the order of the candles. And it'll be connected to Scripture, and then there'll be a prayer that is said in light of that theme, each one being lit as it goes around. Um, This is another way of organizing Advent. Something as simple as going, all right, this is the week of love. How throughout my week in my home and in my family with my friends, how might I focus on expressing love, especially the kind of love that Christ gave to me? Um, each week you have something like that. Um, you can have one of these at your home, and if you have these, they don't burn down. Um, like when we did this, we had to order multiple candles because you light the first one, and then every night you light that candle. Well, the next week, you light that candle plus the next one. Well, that one just keeps burning down until finally it's like a little stub, and like the other ones are really tall, and so you have to keep replacing it. Well, if you get the fake ones, you don't have to worry about that, um, and you don't burn your house down. We've never done that before. Um, Those are the candles. That is another organizational thing for Advent. All right. Questions? Never done that for a sermon before? Well, I probably have, actually. It's been a long, lot of sermons. Thoughts on Advent? Anything you're not sure about? Any questions you have that I may not be able to answer? I'll make something up. No, I won't. That is exactly what I was looking for. You all understand it. You all got it. I expect perfect celebration of Advent now. Um, I want to end by giving you two more pictures that I hope will make a point. Jeez, Doug. You've been working out? (laughs) Making s'mores is not going to end well, Bob. (laughs) There are two things those pictures share in common. Actions have consequences. If you build something, you might get big, strong arms. If you're a snowman and you get near a fire you're probably going to melt. There are consequences to our actions. There are consequences to the celebration or the ignoring of the season of Advent. It can build up your faith, or it can be just one more thing that you do, and you get to the end, and it makes no difference. My absolute encouragement, let this season make a difference. Because it can, every single year. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the season we're coming into. Lord, please 
help us to have some intentional times where we take to heart the message, the themes, all the the stuff that makes up this really beautiful season that we might be drawn closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.